One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, everyone. So today, I want to talk about the power of boredom and what can we be missing out in our lives because we're not getting used to of being bored. So boredom is everything. I think our loss of boredom in contemporary society is one of the greatest, weirdest ambient losses. It is one of these things that's hard to quantify the value of. And we've lost it so completely and totally that we very rarely have moments to even re-experience it, unless you do so intentionally. So let's start about what is boredom per se. So boredom is defined as a state of being bored, meaning lacking enthusiasm or interest, kind of like not having anything to do. You can think of boredom as a deficit in meaning. So it happens when you aren't engaged in anything active or you are doing something what you don't care about. According to experts who have studied boredom, there are three different types. So it's mundane boredom, which is, for example, waiting in line, profound malaise, which is meaning a feeling of discontent with the general experience of life, and ineffable deficit, or feeling like something is missing, usually something that is familiar to us. So in other words, what's called simple boredom or mundane seems to be easier to manage and even beneficial since it can cause us to notice more things around us and seek out interesting tasks. On the other hand, existential boredom, as we can call it, describes a sense of emptiness and alienation, which can take a toll on one's mental health. So in this culture, in this contemporary world we're living in, we do almost anything to avoid feeling bored. The moment that we're bored, we hop on a, on a cab, we're commuting, we're on our way to work, to dinner, whatever we're doing, and we bring out our phone and we start scrolling on social media, and then you know we log into internet and search for anything that's particularly interesting to us. And then we WhatsApp someone or we telegram someone and then we have a phone call and it's kind of like we're constantly avoiding this feeling of being bored. As soon as our interest in an activity begins to decline, we quickly turn to playing games, replying to messages or engaging with some, let's say, other easily accessible distractions. So we do this to avoid the mental discomfort of boredom. But why does it feel uncomfortable? <laughs> so what is it? It's like not being, not having anything to do, and then that's why it feels un- uncomfortable. It's kind of like being in the emptiness. So we're never too far away from something to stimulate us or give us a quick hit of dopamine. So maybe sometimes what we're craving is that dopamine hit again. And when we're bored, then it's like, you know, maybe flatness. 
you know, the vastness of that huge space of boredom. So this might not sound like a massive cultural problem, right? After all, what's the use in being bored? But I've recently discovered that being bored is actually a very good thing for us. Some of the benefits it includes is boosted creativity, enhanced productivity, effortless goal setting, and novelty exposure. So while most people are chasing ways to keep their brain stimulated, we can level up our own lives by doing the opposite, learning to unplug, slow down, and embrace boredom. So we don't just get bored because we've got nothing to do. There's always something on our to-do list, something that needs to be done. We need to do uh, payments. We need a tour we need to complete. We need an essay. We need a presentation to do for work, whatever. If anything, reality is that constantly we've got way too much to do. So the problem then, and the real reason we get bored, is that none of these activities appeal to us right now. So although we've got lots of gadgets to, to play with and a stack of work we need to finish, if it doesn't immediately excite us, we then think, oh, there's nothing to do, and we hit boredom. So Sandy Mann says, and I'm going to quote, boredom stems from a situation where none of the possible things that a person can realistically do appeal to the person in question. This renders the person inactive and generally unhappy. So we're, we're connecting boredom with unhappiness. And it's not necessarily a straight route. So for most of us, boredom could be a negative experience. In fact, one study described boredom as an extremely unpleasant and distressing experience that left respondents feeling stressed, agitated, and lethargic. And there's some evidence to suggest that being bored has a negative impact on work and learning, right? Studies show that bored workers have lower levels of performance and are more likely to make errors or simply to not show up at work at all. In the education context, bored students tend to receive lower test scores and more likely to give up. So no, no wonder we're constantly trying to avoid it, right? In the fantastic book, The Bullshit Jobs, contains lots of testimony from people working in boring and meaningless jobs. And here's one of my favorites quotes from a guy whose job involved scanning application forms all day long. So I'm going to quote, it is hard to explain what this level of entrance boredom was like. I found myself conversing with God, pleading for the next record to contain an error, or the next one, or the next. There was really nothing of value writing on how it did the job, which made it feel like some sort of personal test of stamina, like Olympic endurance boredom for its own sake. In 2014, there was this famous study called The Challenges of the Disengaged Mind. And participants were placed in a room alone for up to 15 minutes with nothing to do but think. They also had the choice to give themselves an electric shock 
by pushing a button placed next to them. Even though there was absolutely no pressure on the participants to shock themselves, and many of them said they paid money to avoid the shock beforehand, 25% of women and 67% of men still chose to push the button and shock themselves. Put simply, people would rather experience physical pain than to be bored. And this may sound ridiculous, but in a way, we all do the same thing every day. Anytime we engage in an otherwise pointless distractions to avoid boredom, we're pushing our personal shock button. Another common personal shock button is our unhealthy obsession with being busy all the time. This is quite popular in our culture, kind of like the glorification of busyness. Kind of like you're most successful in life, you're the busier you are. And it's complete BS, completely, completely at all. So we try to squeeze productivity into every minute of the day and move at 100 miles per hour as a way of handling the discomfort of doing nothing at all. By staying busy, there's literally no room for boredom to creep in, even if that means our work is unfocused or unfulfilling. But we're missing out on some pretty serious learning benefits as a result. So what's the solution for this? Because if we quote Pascal, says, all of humanity's problems stems from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And it remembers me of this quote um, that it says that if you are way too busy to meditate every day for 10 minutes, then you should sit down and meditate for an hour. I love that quote. So the idea is we need to embrace the boring brilliance of boredom. So let's talk about why is it good for us? Well, first of all, it boosts creativity. When we're bored, our minds wander to interesting and surprisingly productive places. So instead of having narrow focus on any specific task, we begin to adopt a more diffuse mode of thinking. So our brain is free to jump between ideas and concepts, which is the ideal state for creative problem solving and lateral thinking. Many studies recognize the link between boredom and creativity. Okay? And one study, two thirds of the participants were told to do something really boring, kind of like reading or writing the numbers from a phone book. And the rest were the control group with no boring conditions. After a short period of time, both groups were asked to do a creative activity that involves listing as many uses for two polystyrene crops as they could. It is found that the participants in the boring group listed significantly more creative ways to use the cups compared to the control group. Another benefit is that it enhances productivity. So, as well as increasing our idea of quality, boredom also increases our idea in quantity. So quantity as in creativity and quantity as in productivity. Seriously, doing less work can apparently make us more productive. In a 2018 study, participants got sorted a bowl of beans by color. When they were later asked to think of some creative reasons for being two hours late for work, they came up with far more ideas compared to the control group 
who'd completely, who'd completed an interesting art activity beforehand. So if we ever feel like we've got no good ideas for an essay or some other project, it may be worthwhile allowing ourselves to be bored for a bit. Boredom helps us increase our levels of concentration. So if we can endure feeling bored without reaching for any of our personal shock buttons, we're training our brain to be comfortable with mentally unpleasant experiences. This author, Jim Quick, writes in the Limitless book, he talks about how we're training our brains constantly to be distracted. Because before we were living in a world with, with full mob mobile phones, we could concentrate and sit down for a task for maybe 40 minutes and not be distracted. Nowadays, you're sending an email or you're checking WhatsApp. And then you are in the middle of a call and you get an Instagram notification or a TikTok notification. You log on to see what's going on. And you're constantly teaching your brain to interrupt itself from the activity that it has to attend this machine that is continuously bombarding us with interruptions. So the circuits in our brain are getting used to of shortening, of shortening our attention span, which I believe at some point in our lives is going to hit us hard. Another problem is that many of us seek to avoid feeling bored by constantly jumping from low stimuli to high value activities like deep work to high stimuli and low value activities like social media. So we're building zero tolerance to boredom and developing this inability to concentrate. Instead, we should be erasing boredom. That way we become more resilient to its discomfort feeling and stay focused for longer periods of time. So much in the way that athletes must take care of their bodies outside of their training sessions, we'll struggle to achieve the deepest levels of concentration if we spend the rest of our time fleeing the slightest hint of boredom. Another benefit is that boredom helps us establish meaningful goals. So, that distressing feeling when we get, we're bored, acts like a mental alarm bell to tell us an activity is in particular pleasant, stimulating, or interesting for us, and therefore helps us to get out of the solution as quickly as possible. So boredom can make us reevaluate what we're doing and motivate us to shift our goals to another activity that better meets our expectations or desires. This is known as autobiographical planning. Essentially, when we're bored, our mind wandering becomes largely future focused and we think a lot more about what we want from life. We can't expect to learn anything without knowing what our objective actually is. So letting our brain wander and engage in autobiographical Autobiographical, autobiographical, sorry, planning can be incredibly helpful in discovering and realizing our learning goals. So a significant proportion of the imaginative opportunities afforded by the mind-wandering state are devoted to prospection.
The last benefit that I've pinned out is that boredom exposes us to novelty. So boredom is what gives us a state for adventure and encourages us to seek out novelty, to seek something new. The ingredient that helped cultivate humans as an intelligent and curious species. I saw a quote the other day that said that curiosity is the antidote to boredom. For example, Darwin, Charles Darwin, had an expansive curiosity often sparked by boredom. In one occasion in his early life, he quickly got bored of searching for orchids and decided to take a look at some sundews instead. As this was a carnivorous plant, he was interested to see what these plants would eat. So Darwin conducted a fool's experiment, as he liked to call them, where he fed the sundews his hair and toenails clippings. It turns out the sundews weren't too interested in eating Darwin's toenails. But that's not the point of the story. The key takeaway is that Darwin's seemingly unremarkable beginning, seeking novelty from boredom, is what led to an interesting series of studies culminating in The Origin of Species, which is his most famous book, which completely changed the way we think about nature. So we want to become better learners. We need to be more comfortable exploring the adventure and novelty that boredom offers us. If we don't allow ourselves to be bored, we'd be less motivated to challenge accepted ideas and practices, and therefore miss out on opportunities to further our own knowledge and understanding of the world. So how do we incorporate boredom in our lives? So we need to do mindless activities. We need to find an activity that needs no stimulation or concentration whatsoever. For example, walking a familiar route, sitting with our eyes closed, meditating, standing in a queue. It's important not to mix boredom with relaxation, okay? Number two, disconnect. Disconnect from social media. Our constant scrolling is the main reason why we're unable to take advantage of our boring brilliance that relies inside our brain. Every time we decide to go on social media or randomly browse the internet at the slightest hint of boredom, we are destroying our ability to be creative and curious and can let our mind wander if we're always filling our time with stimulating activities. And then also another important point is let's schedule boredom time. We're so used to living busy times and we, with never ending to-do lists, that we rarely have any time for ourselves to rest, to nap, less to even have bored <laughs> time. So this is why it's important to actively schedule time for boredom in our calendar. It could be giving ourselves just 10 minutes to sit quietly during a lunch break or first thing in the morning. Try to do nothing at all, accept our boredom, observe our surroundings and explore our boring brilliance. So boredom shouldn't be something we fear or avoid. Although it's very uncomfortable experience, it's also responsible for unlocking huge amounts of personal creativity and productivity. If we decide to distract ourselves every time we feel a little bit bored, we're seriously limiting our ability to learn to discover our life mission, to achieve incredible things. Scheduling time for mindfulness activities is more important than ever and totally worth it. I'm going to close this podcast with a quote that I opened with. Boredom is 
everything. I think our loss of boredom in contemporary society is one of the greatest, weirdest, ambient losses. It is one of these things that's hard to quantify the value of. And we've lost it so completely and totally that we very rarely have moments to even re-experience it, unless we do so intentionally. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.